A very good morning. If you'd like to grab grab a seat, grab your Bibles. And over the past uh, few weeks, we've been looking at some of the distinctives of the vineyard. You're in a vineyard church if you... Um, I'm not quite sure what you stumbled into. Many years ago, people used to arrive in this building um, thinking it was a wine uh, discount sort of warehouse. We're very disappointed when they drove around the car parks, discovered that there wasn't sort of cases of wine being sold. You are actually in a vineyard church. So we've been looking at distinctives of the vineyard, things that are not unique to the vineyard, but are some of the key ingredients, if you like, that make up that distinct flavor that the vineyard brings to the whole body of Christ. So over the last few weeks we've looked at things like the centrality of the scriptures. We've looked at the kingdom of God. We've looked at the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. We've looked at how we're called to be rescuers of men and women. How we're called to extend the welcome of the kingdom of God. We've looked at the subject of prayer. We've looked at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Last week Rowanna did a fantastic job Uh, looking at how we are called to be a church that plants churches. And this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, compassion. We're going to be looking at that really from the perspective of the ways in which we can all get involved in the mission of God, whether that's in our local communities or in the places near to where we find ourselves right across and right through to the very far-flung corners of the globe. And uh, to help us do that, we're absolutely delighted to have Dower here with us uh, this morning. Dower is Tier Fund's country rep from Nepal. Is that fair? That's very good. And uh, he's here with us, and we're going to be hearing from uh, him in a few uh, moments to see what this looks like in his context. So first of all, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. This is actually a verse that has come up It came up in last week's talk with Rowan, or it came up in the week before with Pentecost. So we're sort of drilling down into Acts chapter 1, particularly verse 8, from some various different perspectives, which is all quite interesting. This is Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says this. No chattling, please, at this time of day. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the uh, through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of forty days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command: "Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days." you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. 
men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Lord, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you for your Holy Spirit and your presence with us here this morning. We ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would illuminate the scriptures. You would um, cause these words on these pages to come alive. Lord, so you would use them to transform our thinking, to transform our lives, to transform our actions. Uh, that we might be more like you and we might see your kingdom rule and reign established not only in our local community, not only right across this nation, but right across this world that you love so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. As we celebrated Pentecost um, a couple of weeks ago, we were reminded again that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, has come upon us, that we have been filled. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes upon us again and again and again and again, and we have uh, received power. And we kind of receive all of this power, receive this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He fills us and he keeps going on filling us. And the question is, you know, what are we supposed to do with it? What's it all kind of for? What's it unto? Well, here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, It says that you will receive power to be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses of Christ, witnesses of Jesus. And we are to be witnesses of Jesus. We are to be witnesses and bear witness to the work of Christ, the transformative work of Christ in our lives. And we are to be those witnesses in our equivalent of our Jerusalem, in our equivalent of our Judea and Samaria, and our equivalent to the very ends of of the earth whether near local or far we have been called to extend god's kingdom together everywhere and in every way and one of the very many things that kate and i love about this church is that that's just what so many of you are doing that's exactly what so many of you are doing whether it's near as you minister jesus to your family and friends as you serve your neighbors and your colleagues having received yourself The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So many of you are being and bearing witness to the transformative power of Jesus Christ in your lives to those around you. We heard the story uh, the other day of how one of you has been talking with a a neighbor who, in the aftermath of Manchester, in the aftermath of of London Bridge, was rightly feeling worried um, and anxious about their own safety and more particularly about the, uh, the safety and the well-being of their children and just... Just a simple story of how you chatted to them about your faith. You chatted to them about um, Jesus. You, you, you shared something of the peace that comes with knowing Jesus Christ. And um, as we do, you asked if you could lay hands on them and pray for them that they might know that same peace. We could tell story after story of small acts of kindness, just like that, of, of how so many of you are extending God's kingdom together uh, to those the Lord has put around you. We see it uh, locally as well. We see the same thing, finding uh, wonderful expression as the people in this church minister the kingdom of God to those in our local communities. We see it um, week out, uh, week in, week out at the job club. You know, as Kate was saying, the yard is our community space uh, on the Ashburton Estate. You can just knock through this wall, it's just through there. 
week in, week out, we see it at Job Club, we see it at Food Bank, we see it at the counselling services, all going on uh, in and through the yard, as so many people in this church, and even people who don't come to this church, give up uh, your time and your energy to serve those in need through these tangible demonstrations of compassion in action. Again, having received so much from the Lord through the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, bearing witness to the life-giving power of Jesus and extending God's kingdom together uh, everywhere and in every way. We saw it again last um, Wednesday evening, you know, in the aftermath of the devastating effects of the, um, the fire at Grenfell uh, Tower. The response from the church was incredible. People were getting in touch with us. They were texting us saying, uh, what are we going to do? Can we do something? How, do we, what, how should we be mobilized? What, are we going to go up there? Are we going to take stuff? What are we going to do? And um, uh, Kate and I were kind of, and the, the staff were phoning around and phoning Kensington and Chelsea and phoning different people and saying, is there anything that we can do? Can you mobilize us? Can you use us at all? Is there anything that you need? And the response that we were getting was like, no, 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 seriously, we're absolutely fine. And so we kind of called it off and we said to everybody, that, seriously, there's, 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 there's nothing really we can do apart from pray. And then I think it was about I don't know, half past six, uh, we got a call from somebody who was up at one of the um, centers, one of the churches uh, up on Latimer Road, and they said, um, can you mobilize a whole bunch of people because this place could really do with your help? And it was like, yes, we can do that. So we got in touch with the pastor of the church there and said, would you like us to come up and help? And so a whole bunch of people just dropped what they were doing and they drove up and sat in traffic for ages and went up to this um, church in the sort of shadow of this burnt out tower block and um, sorted clothes and served the community and sorted out food and uh, just got on with doing the stuff of the kingdom. Um, we weren't sure how we were going to be able to be of any help, but it was, it was just the instinct of so many people in this church to, to find a way, in this case, to serve the local church on the ground and to minister and to pray for the community there. And it was incredible. Um, the kingdom of God being extended through this church, whether it's near, whether it's local or far, because that's what we've been called to. It's part of our DNA. It's part of what makes us vineyard. It's part of what makes us Christians, in actual fact. So today we turn our attention to far. And how is it that we extend God's kingdom together everywhere in every way when it comes to the far-flung corners of the globe? Now you may recall some of you uh, back in February 2016, I I had the uh, privilege and the opportunity to go out to uh, Nepal and India with a team from Tear Fund to see that the work that they're doing there uh, again, in and through the local church on the ground, and particularly uh, in the area of combating sex uh, trafficking. And so uh, since then, and since coming back from there, we've been uh, praying, we've been seeking the Lord, we've been talking to many of you about how we as a church um, can spend ourselves. How we as a church, having received so much through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, can just find ways to give all of that away to give ourselves, to spend ourselves, to seeing God's kingdom extended even to the very ends of the earth. And so, um, as many of you will know, we're now uh, delighted that we are working in partnership with Tear Fund. Um, Tear Fund uh, are an organization uh, locally based. We've had a long, uh, wonderful relationship uh, with Tear Fund, but we've now kind of entered into a partnership agreement with 
Tear Fund is one of their connected uh, churches. It's under their connected church initiative. Um, and we're going to be focusing as a church uh, on mission primarily at this stage uh, with their work in Nepal. And so uh, as a church, we're committing our time as a church. We're committing our resources um, as a church. Uh, perhaps most importantly, uh, we're committing our money as a church to supporting the local church on the ground in Nepal and supporting organizations that are there whose focus is really on eradicating uh, trafficking. And so we thought, what better way to hear about what that might look like uh, than by hearing from Dawa, who lives in Nepal and knows all about Nepal and will tell us all about Nepal, um, and um, who I had the pleasure of meeting when I was uh, there back in February. Uh, But just before he comes up, uh, why don't you watch this... Fingers crossed. visiting Carnet, um, one of Tear Fund's partners who South West London Vineyard have a connected church partnership with. We've been seeing so many wonderful things today that we're really excited to show you. Welcome to this beautiful place. So, ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome Dawa? Thank you. It's great to have you here. It's a real privilege and honor that you... He flew in from Holland. He's been here for the last week, and then he flew in from Holland at the crack of dawn this morning and cycled from Heathrow. Um, so that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm impressed by that. You are Dutch, though, so well, like, how else are you supposed to travel? I mean, I guess. Um, we cycle in Nepal as well, so... You don't. We cycle in Kathmandu as well, yes. Well, Kathmandu is not too bad, but like, out of Kathmandu, it's pretty hilly. Like, walking up those hills is pretty bad <laughs> when I'm cycling up them. Um, those kids were like mountain goats, aren't they? Did you see them? Like, they're running down those hills. It's sort of like this. Uh, so, um, so Dawa, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you ended up in Nepal, and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So, 
Um, so I'm from the Netherlands. Um, I've been doing this kind of work since um, 1997, so at 20 years. Uh, this year I've been in, uh, working in Sri Lanka, South Sudan, uh, Afghanistan, North Sudan, and now in Nepal um, with various organizations. Um, I'm now in Nepal with my family. Uh, my wife's there and uh, our four uh, beautiful children are there who are cycling, by the way, as well, in Kathmandu. How old are your children? Uh, the oldest is 11 and then the youngest is four and two in between. Um, so when I was studying, I wanted to do something which, which would make a difference, which would make an impact. And I had to choose between uh, environmental studies and international studies. And I met a missionary at a campfire during our freshman's uh, days, and uh, kind of like it became international studies. Okay. And so since then, I've been in this kind of uh, world. Very good. And uh, tell us, uh, for those of us or those who haven't been to Nepal, tell us a little bit about Nepal, what it's like, some of the challenges that it um, faces. Well, it was great to, to see the video. So, you, so you've seen what it's like uh, to a large extent. You need to, to be a bit fitter than Neil to, uh, to be able to, uh, to walk around there. Wounded, wounded. It's a beautiful country, obviously, with, uh, with all the mountains. There's an enormous amount of tourists coming. Um, I reckon that there are some people here in the church who might have been there uh, in Nepal on, uh, on holidays. Um, but it makes it also extremely remote. Um, I was recently in a, a district capital, so kind of like a county capital, um, and the road to, the to that county capital had only been constructed five years ago. Um, so till that time, people just had to walk uh, to a place like that. And it's kind of the, cap the, the capital uh, uh, of, the, of that place. And you, and you reach there, and then you still have to walk for a number of days to actually go to the places where where the projects are and where you want to go. Um, it's a country with, with extreme differences and, um, um, yeah, still, still also extreme poverty. It ranks quite low on, on, on the index overall, and then within that there are all kind of groups who are uh, further uh, disadvantaged, like uh, you might have heard of Dalits, uh, a group of untouchables, um, who are somewhere very low on the ladder, um, but people who, who have multiple reasons to, to be disadvantaged, like if you're a Dalit and you're disabled and you're a woman, um, then, uh, yeah, you, you really end up very low on the ladder. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the church in Nepal. What does that, what, how does that manifest itself and what, yeah. is that, what does that look like? I'm really, really amazed by the church there. It's a real privilege for me also coming from places like Afghanistan and, and Sudan to be able to work in a place like, uh, like Nepal. But the church is, is vibrant. Um, um, yeah, I think, I think you would really like the church there because what I, what I pick up from, from this service is I, I think you would really like the church there. Um, so often when I go out to, to the fields and I visit the church um, where we're working with and then you talk to the pastor and the pastor tells you that he has only been a Christian for six years or something like that and he had done a little bit of Bible school and is leading a church community. Um, but in that six years he has not only built up his own small church of 25 members, 30 members, but he has also been able to plant uh, a couple of other churches in those five years. And he, has, he knows already where he wants to plant more, and he, he knows where he wants to go. And so it's, an, it's a very vibrant uh, community in that sense. So we, continuously you discover new churches, uh, which you didn't know uh, which were there. And, uh, and so that's, that's really great to see. 
Um, on the other hand, of course, it's, it's also very new to you. It's, um, it's, uh, Christians came to the country only in uh, somewhere in 50, uh, 1956, so right. it's, it's about 50, 60 years. Um, so many of the churches are new, um, and, and pastors really can, yeah, need more training, more discipleship. And you can see that, for example, in the program Tiffan is doing there, working with the churches, um, it's a program based on Bible studies. Um, and many people have come back to me and said, like, this program was fantastic because this was the first time that we got together um, as the church members to, to actually study in the Bible together. Um, before they had just listened to the pastor and, 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 and taken everything for granted what he had said. But now they were kind of, they felt empowered to, to think to themselves and, and that has empowered them also then to go out into the community like you're doing here. Great. And so how are you, uh, Tiafan, how are you working with the local church on the ground <coughs> in Nepal? Yeah. Um, so Tiffin worked with uh, local partners like, uh, like Carnet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not allowed to uh, work directly uh, by the government, um, so we always work with local partners. Uh, so we work with Carnet, we work with the, the MICA network, um, w- with other partners. And we support them to go out and into the communities uh, and into the churches and, and help them to do whatever they want to do. So Carnet has a very strong focus on... Uh, working with children at risk, it's, uh, the, the, the CAR stands for children at risk and the NET stands for network. So the network of, of organizations um, who want to influence the church, who want to influence uh, other Christian groups to, yeah, to really work on, it, on this very difficult issue of, uh, of children at risk. And there are many, many children at risk, like the ones you saw in the video, are the lucky ones who go to school. Um, but there are many who, who, are, who don't have that chance um, there's a lot of, lot of poverty, and poverty makes people vulnerable. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, if you have to, um, if someone comes by and says, like, oh, but I can take your children to, to Kathmandu, and uh, I will put them in school there, and they will have a good life there, and whatever, and, and, and you're a poor person in the community, you might fall for that. Or if people say, like, oh, I will take you to India, and you will get a fantastic job there, and... Um, yeah, people who don't have choices, who don't have information, they fall for that. So Carnet tries to give people more information. They try to work with the children directly. They work with the churches. Um, despite the church being small, it's an, an amazingly uh, influential voice um, mm. because there's only 1% or 2% Christians in the country. But the voice of the church is much bigger than that. Oh. And so how are you seeing God at work sort of? in and through the church and through the organizations and the partners that you're working with? How are you seeing God and the kingdom of God extended? And... So we see many, many wonderful things. Um, things which stuck with me are, um, uh, in 2015, I think you're all aware, there was a, was a major earthquake. You could still see some of the uh, uh, remains of that on, on, uh, on the video. Um, and actually, many churches have used the, the earthquake to kind of I'd say to create a kind of goodwill um, uh, in the communities around them. Um, I went to a community, spoke to to a a person who was not a Christian, and who said, like, um, before the earthquake, my my daughter wanted to go to Sunday school at the church, um, but I did not want her to go. I didn't trust the Christians. I didn't didn't want anything to do with them. Um, And then the earthquake happened, and some relief goods came in uh, through some Christian charity to that church, and, and this person said, like, well, I was expecting that they would give it out to, to the other church members. 
Um, but the church had really been looking around who, are, who were the most needy in that community, and, and, and this person had been selected to, mm. to get some relief. And obviously his whole opinion about the church changed uh, completely, and now he's happily sending his daughter to the, to the Sunday school. Um, so things like that are happening all the time, but also, as I said, the church is, is, is growing so, um, so rapidly and has so much, so much influence. Um, so there's, there's, there's really, really a lot going on. Nobody has kind of real figures on it, but uh, it's widely believed that the church in Nepal is the, the fastest growing church in the world, hmm. uh, with probably uh, a growth rate of 10, 10 to 15 percent. Well, um, and so for us as a church here in Southwest mm-hmm. London, um, uh, as partnering as, through this connected church thing, what's, what's that kind of, give us a flavor of what you think that's going to look like, um, if you can. Yeah. Um, I would hope, as, as, you, as you said as well uh, before, I, I would hope that's, that's kind of more than just giving money. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we need money to do our projects, but, um, but the whole idea, of course, of connected church is that, that, you, that you get connected, that you feel connected. Um, so, so it's really great to be here and, and kind of start that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, of course, connections through other people in your church who are connected with Tear Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, I hope that really results in, 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 a, in a deep connection where, where you will know as a church about the needs of the churches um, and, and the organization you're working with in, uh, in Nepal, um, that we will be able to, to send you regular information about mm-hmm. what's going on so, so you guys can pray uh, for that. And if there are any specific kind of needs, um, potentially if, yeah, if people can, can help out in one way or the other, mm-hmm. um, Building a, building a website for the organization, mm-hmm. um, helping them out with finances, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there could be all kinds of things possible. So, so I hope it will go that direction. Great. Okay, and then lastly, how can we, how can we be praying for, uh, for you guys, uh, for some of the organizations like Carnet, mm-hmm. who we've been doing a little bit of work with? What are some of the best ways that we can pray? Yeah, good. Um, so... so, so the church is small, and, uh, but r- growing rapidly, and that's, um, uh, the Hindu majority doesn't like that. So, mm-hmm. so, so there are always places where there is resistance. Uh, Karnat itself had, had a difficult period last year mm-hmm. um, with the local authorities. So, so pray for, the, for them to find favor with the authorities, with the government to get the permissions, with um, the people in the community so they can do their work, that they are accepted. Um, Pray for courage for them to, to keep on doing that because it's, uh, I think it's easy for them and it's easy for, for all of us um, to kind of slip back into some safe place, mm-hmm. uh, some easy place. And uh, uh, I think, yeah, for all of, all of us, all of us Christians, but also for Carnet, it's important that we go out to really the, the, the most difficult places and the most needy places, um, and, and that requires a, a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Um, but also working with, uh, with children at risk, working on trafficking um, uh, is, is, of course, a tricky business as well um, yeah. because um, um, by helping those children and, and making sure they don't get trafficked, um, uh, the, the people who are trafficking them mm-hmm. um, are, are getting out of job, so yeah. to say, and they are powerful people in the community. Uh, so, um, so, the, so, so, yeah, I really pray for, for protection and, uh, uh, for them. And for the wider, wider church in, in Nepal, um, um, yeah, just, just pray for favor. There have been local elections in a part of the country in May. Uh, there will be local elections at some point in other parts of the country, but they get delayed all the time. 
Um, so when, when exactly they are going to happen, we don't know. But uh, yeah, pray for leaders who come in, who, who will uh, yeah, who will accept Christians. We were encouraged in the first round of elections. Um, there's no Christian parties, and as I said, the Christian community is very small. Still, the number of um, uh, people at district level uh, got elected. A number of Christians got okay. elected to uh, to office, and and um, the churches were really uh, really happy with that. Um, and they were amazed because I think it was kind of the first time that they got elected into office. Um, so that's, that's some good move there. Great. Um, so pray for that. Um, yeah, and pray for, uh, for Tierfund and, and the partners as we travel. Um, you saw in the beginning of the video the roads. You saw that some stones had to be removed from the road before they could continue. Um, it's the rainy season coming up. There are landslides. Um, and uh, and it's a, it's, yeah, it's dangerous to travel there. So, so pray for protection. Especially on your bike. Particularly on the bike. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, we're going to pray for you towards the end. But yep. ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Dow, give me a round of applause. That's great. That's uh, fantastic. Now, for us, um, this feels like the Lord. You know, this feels like something the Lord is uh, calling us into. Uh, this feels like something that the Lord would have us um, here as a church, Southwest Island Vineyard, uh, give ourselves. And so, uh, give ourselves too. And so, um, as a church, we want to get behind these guys, behind the organizations that they're working with. We want to get behind the church uh, in Nepal as they work to extend the kingdom of God everywhere and in every way. And so, uh, these are some of the things that we're going to be doing as a church. We're going, uh, first of all, we're going to be praying. Okay, so we're going to, as a church, commit to praying uh, for these guys. As Dawa said, what we'll get is we'll get some regular updates uh, from the teams, from the organizations, from the partners on the ground, from the local churches. And so uh, we'll find ways to communicate some of those updates so that we can be spreading that here around the church and praying uh, effectively and regularly uh, for the guys there. So that's the first thing we're going to be praying. The second thing is we're going to be building relationships. So as you said, as Dao was saying, this whole thing is about connectedness. And so we feel that God is not, is not just calling us to sort of a one-hit wonder, um, let's just do a one-off thing and then forget all about it. A sense of this is that God is calling us into a long-term relationship with, um, with these guys, and we're looking forward to building and growing and deepening and establishing um, those relationships. So as a church, we are committing to building relationships uh, with churches in Nepal and to help however we can, in whatever ways we can, support them as they grow, uh, to work with them and support them uh, however we can to uh, help them play their part and our, play our part, us play our part in eradicating uh, trafficking. And uh, one of the things that I think is incredibly important for Kate and I, this is incredibly important, is that uh, that relationship is to be a reciprocal relationship. Uh, it is not um, a situation whereby uh, here we are, the benevolent West, and we scatter a few crumbs from our table. Um, we feel very strongly that there may be skills and resources and things that we have that we can use to bless the church and these organizations in Nepal, but we also feel very strongly that there are very many things that we can learn from and that the Lord would want to teach us through these amazing people um, and the way that they uh, do life and the things that God is doing in, in and through them in Nepal. And so that relationship is not monodirectional. It's very much a reciprocal relationship that we're looking forward to uh, building over the next 
um, few years. Uh, the third thing that we're going to do is we're going to get involved. We're going to actually kind of roll up our sleeves and get stuck in. We're going to um, see and find out and explore ways how we can best give of our collective skills and our collective abilities to support what uh, is being done on the ground. Um, there are many ways that this can be done. It could be, as uh, Dow was saying to me earlier, it could be through Skype. Uh, it could be through meetings. It could be through um, teams of people going out and visiting the area. Uh, Alice, as you saw from the video, uh, was out. When was that? In, uh, in April. So she's not, not long got back. Um, and so we're going to be looking and exploring ways in which we can get involved. And, and different ones of us will have different skills and different strengths and different abilities. Uh, so we're going to do that. And then uh, finally, we're going to give. We are going to give of our... Uh, our finances of our money and, and what that means is it means um, all of us giving what we can yeah and that could be five pounds or ten pounds or twenty pounds uh, through the offering baskets uh, on a Sunday uh, with the, the money going from the offering baskets to support the church in Nepal uh, it could be much much larger sums of money um, that could be raised for a whole range of activities it could be maybe with your work Maybe some of you have got organizations and you work with organizations who'd be um, interested in getting involved themselves. Maybe they will gift match it. Maybe some of you would like to gift match some of the funds that are raised by individuals here in the church. There's, a, there's endless ways that we can do this. You know, we've got a six, a six weeks of summer program coming up. Uh, whereby, uh, you know, over the summer we usually do something different. We can find ways creatively to think about uh, raising money to give to the teams in Nepal. Maybe the youth over the summer will offer to clean your cars while they're out in the car park um, and you'll give them 50 quid for the privilege or something along those lines. Um, maybe even your kids will get, set something up. Um, maybe your small group could do something. I don't know. Um, but let's get creative about ways in which we can financially be a blessing, you know, not only to our local church here, um, but also to the global church as they see the kingdom of God extended. And um, as you come up with ideas, as you seek the Lord, as you talk to one another about ideas in which you can do that, um, come and talk to us so that we can help you set something up so that the money, any money that you raise is given as tax efficiently as possible, um, and so that also that any money that's given, all of it gets entirely to where it needs to go as soon as is humanly possible because um, this is just another area in which the, the the lord is calling us into as a church as another way in which we can be his witnesses to jerusalem to judea and samaria and to the very ends of the earth uh, it's it's another opportunity for us to find a way to express god's compassion uh, wherever uh, we can so over the coming weeks, we'll be looking at ways where we can build uh, relationships and get these regular updates. We'll be looking at ways in which we can get involved and so expect somebody to be quizzing you about some of the skills and abilities that you might have and maybe we can collect some of that data in some kind of uh, way and find out how we can best use those skills to get involved and expect there to be opportunities for us to be uh, giving uh, financially so that that money is going towards the work uh, in Nepal. We've committed as a church uh, just specifically for this um, one project here in, uh, with Tear Fund that we'll be giving uh, at least £10,000 a year for the next three years. So we're, they're the kind of scale of, sums that we're, of money that we're talking about. So um, there's 
there's a lot of work to be done there. So, um, uh, and at the same time that the Lord is raising this whole awareness of international mission and putting it on the, on the map for us as a church, as it's been something that we've not necessarily been very good at historically, um, the Lord seems to be literally opening the floodgates. Um, and at the same time as there are opportunities developing in uh, Nepal, there are opportunities emerging that we're exploring with India. Uh, there are opportunities emerging in Myanmar. On the 2nd of July, uh, we've got Lisa um, Samuelson coming from the Yangon Vineyard in Myanmar. She's coming to speak. Um, they also are very, very committed to anti-trafficking. Um, and s- there are all these kind of, suddenly like the Lord is just giving us all these opportunities. So um, we're just getting you ready for the fact that uh, this is something that the Lord is uh, leading us into. Um, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to start as we mean to go on and we're going to pray. Okay? Um, so is that, is that video... I found this video um, which may help you as we pray. In a minute, what we're gonna, we'll just watch this video and then what we'll do is we'll gather together in small groups and we'll um, pray for Nepal. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to pray for my country of Nepal. As I pray and intercede, first of all, I really bring the situation of the country in your presence. And on behalf of the nation, Lord, I repent and ask for forgiveness for all the sins we have committed as a nation against you, Lord. The greatest sin we have committed against you by worshipping stones, idols, and different gods and goddesses. Oh Lord, forgive us and heal this beautiful Himalayan nation of Nepal and cover this land, Lord, with your blood and your great love on the cross. More than anything, oh Lord, we need you. Lord, Father God, the God of Creator, please have your mercy and grace upon this nation of Nepal and the people. Lord, please rule over this nation. Send us more revival and pour out your spirit, O Lord, in this nation. Lord, bless this nation and people with your peace and prosperity. May this be done according to your will as it is in heaven. And may your kingdom come in this beautiful country of Nepal. May you be glorified and honored and exalted high from this highest place of the world. I pray this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so why don't you stand? We can have the band back. And um, if you could just, as we worship, just if you can get into small groups of fours, fives, let's just be praying some of those things that Dao was talking about, some of those things uh, that have come up there, any of the things that you, some of you may have experience of living and being in Nepal, and you'd like to pray for those things. Just spend the next few minutes praying. And then if, um, if some of you guys can pray for Dao, would that be all right? all right? Can we get some people to pray for you? Yeah? Okay. 
20 marks. Get set. Go.